0: All right, so today is part four of a series I have called Brainwashed, because our brains need a good washing sometimes. And all this is, it's, it's a, a, we have it on the sign here, some of you I saw are wearing the shirts this morning, rethink, rethink, repent, Jesus says, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, rethink, change the way you think, the kingdom is within reach. And if you could just see it, if you just understood what was within you, what God's done on your behalf, the power of the resurrection, if you understood that, you could just literally reach out and grab it. And it's an exciting thing. But we get a lot of mess going on up in, in our brains. So we just need to clear that stuff out. I, I really believe that as we renew our minds, or, or renewing our minds is more about getting rid of stuff that's not working for us. It's more about that than it is learning something new. Does that make sense? So it's more about unlearning some old stuff than it is about learning new, because the kingdom or the gospel is simple, but we bury it with a bunch of of wrong ways of thinking or unbelief or or whatever it might be, small thinking. We bury the kingdom if we could just get that stuff out of the way and, and think about God uh, in a whole new way, think about who we are in a whole new way, see ourselves as somebody that's not just qualified to receive, but somebody who's already in possession of, then that stuff will just come from within. And we live from the inside out. That's very different than how most people think. We're very affected by the outside. Even our belief systems are affected by the outside because we want to say that God is good and that he wants us well and he wants us to prosper and be in good health and all this stuff that we talk about all the time. We want to, but if that was true, then why am I not experiencing it? And we we put more weight on the outside than we do on the inside. But I'm telling you, as you change the way you think, as you wash your brain, you renew your mind, you repent, you rethink, all of it that says over and over throughout the New Testament, then we will start to, the, the outside will start to match what's on the inside. That is good. If we could just keep that at the forefront of our mind all the time, I think our lives would look very, very different. We wouldn't just allow things to hit us allow things to just happen to us because we know who we are. We know the power that we possess. Not just on Sunday morning, but on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday. And every single day we just take this. This is like a refueling station, right? We get excited and we learn together and we grow together. But then what? Then what? The kingdom is the the now what message. We have grace. Everything's been given to you by grace. But now what? What do we do with this? God loves me unconditionally. That's awesome. Now what? God wants me to prosper and be in good health. He's given me everything I need for life and godliness. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing in in heavenly places. I'm accepted. I'm holy and blameless. I am already in possession of all of these things. Now what? How does this affect my life? This shouldn't just be something we're excited about on Sunday morning. It should affect everything. And that's how this kingdom is spread out there. Out there, what good is it if it stays here? And I say, Amen. The worship team comes up at the end of service, and we go out there. And life is just how it always is. Yeah, I might be a little bit happier on Monday, but the week, as it goes on, it just starts to wear me down. Those people are being people, because people are people, and people, people are people. And and so, if we, but but if we carry this with us, don't treat this building like a bubble. And you step out the bubble, take the bubble with you. Carry it everywhere that you go because that kingdom is within you. Amen. You were created for heaven on earth, yet so many of us have settled for something that is so far from that. A kingdom living, heaven on earth means different things to, to each one of us. It's, it's a mindset. We have this, this picture in our mind of glowing buildings in a, a yellow brick road going up to the gl- glowing buildings. A street of gold is what we would call it in the church. But we have this idea that the kingdom is this magical, mystical place. The kingdom is within you. And how it looks to you might look a little bit different than me. That's good. Just like my relationship with God looks different than yours. My way of worship looks different than yours. My my form of prayer is going to look different than yours. There's not a clear cut. This is how you do this. It's your own personal relationship with God. And if we could quit trying to act like we think we're supposed to act and just be real, things would really start to change. We have to put our church faces on when we come here. Bring, Bring your baggage. Bring it in with you. And hopefully you leave it here. And walk out just completely renewed, refreshed, and ready to just expect so much. I don't, I don't think I gave it to you, but Hebrews 11.1 1 is a verse that I, I mentioned last week. It's one of my favorite verses. I go to it a lot. But now faith is the substance. So there's substance to our faith of the things hoped for, the evidence. There's evidence, visible evidence of things not seen. This, this phrase right here, things hope for in Greek. So we, we could read that and say, you know, I have faith, so I really hope things work out because I know that I'm a child of God and I know that I possess the kingdom and I have the power of God that raised Christ from the dead, so I really hope things change. But in Greek, that's not what that's saying. In Greek, that word for hope is an expectation, a positive expectation. So faith is the substance of what we're expecting And if you're expecting bad to happen, the substance is going to follow that. The evidence is going to follow that. You can put your faith in bad things just like you could good things. So now you have a choice to make. What am I going to put my faith in? What am I going to expect in my life? And I, I know exactly what you're believing by the words that come out of your mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you can tell me all day that I know that God wants me to prosper. But then if you follow it up with, so I hope I get this job. Your expectation isn't there. You're still hoping. But you've been given a power to to expect. And what you expect will change the direction of your life. Not just how you move through life, which it does, and that's a huge part of it, but also what you come in contact with. Those doors that open. You will start moving in a, a direction. If you're believing for a financial abundance, you will start to look for opportunity. You will start to change how you view everything, and you'll start to see things that, that you were probably blinded to before. But then I strongly believe that as you move this way, those things are seeking you out as well. So we shouldn't just hope that I get that job. We should expect to. I shouldn't hope to get out of debt. I should expect to because I'm a child of God. Royalty. There's, there's an expectation that goes along with being the child of a king. You don't see Prince... William, one of them, I don't know what their names are over there, but you don't see them just hoping that they can make ends meet. No, they expect it. They expect things to work in their favor. And that's what grace is, undeserved, unearned, unmerited favor. That's good news. That's good. It takes all this pressure off. There's a process to be carried out, but it it starts up here. I have to see myself differently. I have to rethink, renew, wash my brain, and then I will start to move through life differently, and the world will open up. Opportunities will start to open up. I I was, for a very long time, I still do in some areas. I'm funny, not funny, haha, funny, strange, in in many areas, but in this one that I'm talking about today, I. I am, I almost, I almost told the story, but I'm not gonna. Should I? Yeah. I am strange. So I'm not a hugger. I don't know if y'all know that I'm not a hugger. You're shocking. I know. And uh, I'm just not. And most of the time, because it's just, I'm just awkward. I'm a strange person. I get it. I get it. I try to stop. I try to be different. I just, I just am, I'm, a, I'm working on it. Me and Me and the Lord. And uh, The other night, she had her worship night here, which was amazing, releasing that single and everything, but Gideon was up here, and I went to go shake his hand, but he did this like this, and sometimes that means hug, but sometimes that means like all the the crazy handshakes that I don't know any of it, so was this a hug or that, so I went for the hug, but then he went like this, and then I just grabbed him by the waist and kind (laughs) of cuddled his chest, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like it about me. So if you wonder why I don't hug, because it's, oh, it just ends poorly. It <laughs> has nothing to do with anything. But I'm, so I'm, that's how I am. I d- I've done it so many times. But when it comes to this stuff, that, that had nothing to do with anything. Cut that out of the, the YouTube video. But the, the I, I've, I know all this stuff. And it's, I'm, it, I'm funny because it's the big stuff I have no problem with. I will uproot my family and move halfway across the country without knowing how we're going to pay bills or do anything. I'm going to go take over a Bible college that has like 30 people in it, and who knows what's going to happen. But, you know, God told us to do it. We're going to do it. No problem at all. It's those little nitpicky things that I find myself settling for, The, the the little inconveniences of life. So the big stuff's no problem, but sometimes it's like, Well, you mentioned it even in in worship. It's the big stuff. God, he's creator of the universe. How can he care about these little mundane aspects of my life? But he does, all of them. We shouldn't settle for anything less than heaven on earth. It's hard. It's hard to wrap our minds around this because it's it's easier just to say, you know, I'm going to believe for that healing. But it, it doesn't always work out. We always have this backup plan. But I strongly, strongly believe if we were 100 convinced, 100% convinced that I never have to get sick again, we would never get sick again. And that's controversial. And that people don't want to admit it because we're so focused on the outside. Well, if that's true, why, why didn't my grandfather survive? He was believing God. Or why did this happen? Or even me, I was believing God. Why didn't this happen? And there's a number of reasons why. But I'm convinced that if we are 100% on board, completely full of the Spirit, in that moment, we just would never have to get sick. I'm talking seasonal allergies. I'm talking of that little headache or whatever. And there's a, there's a natural side. Drink more water take care of yourself, eat the right things. But then even in that, where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. And I'm convinced that it's true. I, last time I got sick was a year and a half ago. A year and a half ago, and it was, is, uh, got the, the COVID. And, but my mindset, if I go back, every time that I've been sick over the last eight years, I look at where was my mindset three weeks before that? And every single time I was negative, I was distracted, I was depressed or anxious or whatever, my mindset was off. But I'm at a place right now that I'm not allowing that anymore. And I used to be afraid to say it because what if I get up here and say it and then next week I miss because I'm saying, I'm not worried, I'm not going to miss next week. It's just we have to get to a point where we're bold about it, we're convinced of it, and we move through life that way. Quit letting our circumstances become our doctrine. Things happen. Stuff happens. And there's a lot of reasons why. But you can't convince me that God doesn't want you well. And that he doesn't want you to prosper. And he doesn't want you to experience heaven on earth. I cannot be convinced otherwise. But when I was in high school, I had no idea that this was true. So I, I, I hated school. Hated it. Amen. And I, I, w- I was just... Okay, graduation's coming up. What am I going to do? just so happened an Army Reserve recruiter comes into my world history class, and he starts talking. And I thought, that's what I'll do. I'm not going to voluntarily go to more school and pay for it. That's crazy. I'm not going to do that. But I had no idea of what I was in possession of. Not even, I wasn't against it. I just was ignorant. Had no clue. So I signed up. I wish I could tell you I was Mr. Patriot, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go. 9-11 had just happened, and I was just going to uh, go out there and defend our country, but that's, I just didn't know what to do. It's easier to go that way. I was tired of people telling me what to do, so I joined the military. And I, I was... Uh, that's funny every time I say it, by the way. But the, it's, so then I went. I joined the Army Reserve, went to basic training, AIT, at Fort Sam Houston in San Antonio, came back home. Still had no idea. Got a job at a, I had a lot of them. Couldn't keep them. And Dollar General. Worked at Dollar General for five fifty an hour. And uh, uh, just so many. And I just couldn't. So I went active duty. Not because I'm Mr. Patriot, but because there, I just had no idea of what, who I was. And I was settling. And it, I wasn't necessarily choosing that. I didn't want to live in poverty. I didn't want to live uh, hoping that I keep a job and keep making silly mistakes. I didn't want that, but by not being intentional with with the decisions I was making and, and really knowing who I truly was and who God was, I had no idea by default, I just was going to the point of least resistance. And that's what we do. When we're ignorant of the truth, we're going to follow the path of re- least resistance. We're going to follow a paycheck. We're going to move and uproot our life. And, and life's going to be all over the place. And it's going to be a lot more difficult than it needs to be. And then I, after three years in active duty, still didn't know. So I reenlisted. Laura and I were dating. She broke up with me. She didn't want to be an army wife. She broke up with me. So then I asked her to marry me, and she said no. It worked out, in case y'all didn't know. I mean, we we figured it out. But my my life was all over the place, and I made decisions based on ignorance. And I see even us, who, who have a good understanding of the heart of God, we understand our identity in Christ. People in the church, understanding that God loves us unconditionally, it's, it's, we're, not, we're still not being very, we're not intentional with the choices that we're making. And we're not standing our ground saying, this is the life that I'm going to live. And I'm not going to let the outside change what's inside anymore. Deuteronomy 30, it says, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. It's not gonna happen automatically. You have to make a choice, choose life. It's like you're standing at a fork in the road. Death is that way, life is this way. And you have to make a conscious decision to go down the path of life. And say things that people are gonna think you're crazy. And you'll start to dream and dream big and say that I'm I'm gonna live a life that requires a supernatural explanation. I'm done living the life that everyone else lives. The life that that society says I'm supposed to live. I'm not doing it. And that's where uh, Grace Life Church, I want us to be a people who do that. Choose life. And by not choosing life, by default, you're going to go down the path of destruction. Now we like to talk about destruction as as this eternal thing, and i don't I don't talk about we're, that's not the focus uh, we're our goal is heaven on earth, but by not choosing heaven on earth, we're deciding, intentional or not, to live hell on earth. That's what I'm concerned with. I'm tired of seeing children of God living hell on earth. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it, Ryan. so I, I just I want us to set the example. I want the world to look at Grace Life Church and say, what do they have that I don't have? Why are they, why are they prospering? Why are they never sick? Why are they happy? Why don't they let all the craziness that's going on in the world right now affect them? Because that's real easy. Turn on the news, especially today. Whew. And you could, you could walk in fear and anger and frustration, or you could choose life and not let the... Don't, don't stick your head in the sand. I know what's going on in the world. I'm just not affected by that stuff. I'm not afraid. I know who I am. I know who my father is. And so you have to make a conscious decision to go down the path of life. If you don't, you will default down the wrong path. Matthew 7 says, ask. That word in, in Greek actually means to desire or require. Desire or require. So Ask, desire, require, and it'll be given. You know, you delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll put a desire in your heart. You pursue that desire, it will start to work out. What if it doesn't? What if it does? We always go down that negative route. What if I step out? What if I make a goal that things are going to be whatever it might be, and it doesn't work out? What if it does? What if you start that business, and you take a chance, and it doesn't work out? What if it does work out? Quit being so negative, folks. (laughs) Talking to me. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open. For everyone who asks, desires, requires, receives. Whoever seeks, finds. Whoever uh, and to him who knocks it will be opened or what man is there among you who if his son asks desires or requires for bread will give him a stone or if he asks desires or requires a fish will he give him a serpent if you then being evil and that just means it doesn't mean like a uh, devil uh, that's, it means just like morally corrupt. Like you're not God, you're not as good, you don't, you're not this good, loving, unconditional father. Being, uh, so you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask? Desire require him. That's good. But all those things that, that I just mentioned, so it takes a conscious decision to desire. It takes a conscious decision to seek It takes a conscious decision to knock. It takes effort on your part. You have to start, first you convince yourself that it's true, that it's what God has created you for, and then you move toward it. Ask, seek, knock, move. If you don't make a conscious decision to live kingdom, you'll default to a path that leads to destruction. Here on earth. And by not being intentional, that's what many of us are doing He goes on in the very next passage here. Enter by the narrow gate. This is verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. The context here is talking exactly what he just said. Make a conscious decision. Ask seek, knock. And so very few people actually choose this way. Most people are just letting life knock them around, or they're chasing a paycheck, or they're going down this point of least resistance. He said, he's saying, do what most people are unwilling to do. Go down the narrow gate, because that's where life is. That's where this path to life leads. Enter the narrow gate. People have that, that, a thought behind that passage right there that's, that's completely out of context. He's saying make decisions and be intentional with it. Choose life. But what we do a lot of times is, is we're, not, we're not choosing life. We're choosing not death. Does that make sense? I, I was going to name this sermon that. Don't choose not life. But Lindsay said it wasn't a good title. Don't choose not life. But so we're we're good at it saying, I don't want if if I'm if I get a symptom in my body, I'm gonna command it to leave. And I'm gonna get all spiritual in that moment. I'm gonna speak to that mountain. I'm gonna cast sickness, leave. Pain, leave. And all this. We get real all into that. But what are we doing while we're talking to that sickness and talking to that thing? Magnifying it. We're giving it attention. We're watering that. What if we said, maybe, maybe if we're, we're choosing life instead of not choosing death, we say, you know what? I'm healthy. I'm whole. I, I'm just, this stuff, it ain't no thing. And you get over it so much faster. It happened to me just yesterday. I woke up yesterday morning, and I, my throat was like on fire. <sighs> I told, I think I said this last week, but I said that powerful prayer. Uh-uh. And I just got up and I lived my life. And within about two minutes, everything was fine. But I didn't sit there and cast and bind and loose. Just a conscious decision. I'm not, I'm not going there. It's way easier if you do it right then. Now, if it was six hours later, I'm like, I'm really tired of dealing with this. It's a little bit harder to overcome, not impossible, but you're just right when something hits you, nah. And that's across the board, not just sickness, but with with financial situations, with depression, anxiety. If you could just nip it right away, it's a lot easier. Not live in it. Live in it. Accept it. Even for a few hours. Just right away. And how we do that is we get so used to living up here that whenever something knocks us down here, it's uncomfortable. I'm not, this isn't, this isn't who I am. Why am I down here? And I just jump right up here. At first, I was so used to living down here that every now and then when I jump up here, it was like this big exciting thing. Like, oh man, praise the Lord. It's amazing. Ah, but I was still used to this. So I'd get real excited with this. But we should live up here. I mean, I'm not saying don't celebrate and there's, it's not worth being excited about. But if we're so used to this and we fall, this is gonna be way short-lived stay up here. Choose life. Live there. Proverbs 3. Wes, my son, just gave me this verse this morning. It was He got this Bible for free at a Christmas parade in Magnolia, and they wrote this verse on the inside. He read it to me this morning, and I was like, I'm going to put that in the old message, because that goes right along with it. But it says, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. I mean, we've heard that so many times. Many of us have. That's the go to verse. They wrote it in my son's Bible before they gave it to him. We didn't tell him we were pastors. He we got a free Bible. But uh, <laughs> Laura's like, we can afford one. Is this right? And it's like, they have like 2,000 of them over there. We'll take one. But trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't, don't lean on your own understanding. Uh, what's out here, it's, that's the way the world works. But we're in the world. We're not of the world. We don't have to let the outside affect the inside anymore because you know what you're in possession of. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. So don't just choose not death make a conscious decision to walk through that narrow gate, say, I'm done. I'm not just not going to deal with this stuff anymore. I'm not even going to experience it anymore because I'm so full of life. That death just bounces off me. Death, where is your sting? It doesn't even bother me anymore. Am I making sense? What's funny is people think that, oh, you're just saying what people want to hear. That grace, you're just giving them a license of sin and and all this. It's like... First, look around. If this is what everyone wanted to hear, I think the church would look mm-hmm. a little different. But <laughs> the, the default is death. And people are comfortable there. We have to acknowledge these things. Because if I told you, I, I don't know, who should I call on, Thomas? If I said, I don't know. I don't want to put anything out there. If I, with your company, I, told, I gave you an astronomical number. Believe for this, next year you're going to make this amount of money. And it's just impossible. What, I mean, things will start to go through your head. Like, well, what if it doesn't happen? Or this is why? I mean, look, we're, we're barely making this much. How can I make this much? And all, this, all these questions will start to go. And it's like, just dream big. But the default is always, what if it doesn't happen? It's death. When we think of death like death and rotting and all that, but it's just, you're not living in the abundance, the abundant life that Jesus came to provide. So dream big. And worst case scenario is if you're believing for $2 million and you land at one, but you made a hundred grand last year, you're still better off. I, I, it's, we just have to convince ourselves and be intentional, saying, "I'm not. Choos- I'm, I'm going to be intentional with life, but I'm not going to just default to death, and I'm not going to be all about not death anymore." I hope I'm making sense. It makes sense up here, okay? I. We know that by His stripes you were healed. We know that salvation. This is stuff I talk about all the time. Sozo in Greek includes everything, everything you need for life and godliness. It's within you. But whenever that symptom hits, how do you respond? Sometimes it's like, well, I can deal with it. And whatever you can deal with, you often do, even though you don't have to. Or then we put all our focus on casting and binding and loosing. It's like, no, no, no. That healing is within you. Let that grow. The only way it will grow is if you water it, if you pay more attention to the healing than you do the sickness. And a result of that is sickness can't survive here anymore. If you're living on heaven's frequency, sickness can't survive there. Poverty and lack can't survive there anymore. So if we're experiencing those things, it means we've dropped out of heaven's frequency and are living in this, what everyone else does. And we're better than that. What if we focused more on love in those moments? What if we focus on who we are and what God says about us in those moments? Magnify the answer and give the problem no thought at all. Do everything in your power to choose life because the world's coming against you. A lot of things come against you. People, people are mean, traffic's bad, weather's it was terrible. Sometimes, yesterday, I was complaining. I'm right there. I'm doing it too. Do everything you can to choose life. In Matthew 17, um, I'm going to summarize part of it, and then we'll go there. What this is, is a, a, a man came to Jesus. His son was having seizures, and the disciples tried to heal him, but they couldn't. So this man comes to Jesus. And ask if he would heal him. And in verse 17, this is Matthew 17:17. 17, 17, Jesus answered and said, "O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? He's talking to his disciples here. How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me." So he's already been teaching them this stuff that they have the power to heal. He's given them power to trample on snakes and scorpions. He's given them that power. He doesn't say, "Come, ask me to heal him." He says, "You go out and heal him." That's a whole other message, but that's good. Bring them to me because where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said to him, why could we not cast it out? Verse 20, so Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed. Faith as a mustard seed. You will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will be moved, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And just real quick, he's not talking about the the demon possession. He's talking about their unbelief. This kind of unbelief can only... Uh, go out by prayer and fasting, meaning you're too consumed by what's going on in front of you. You need to take some time for yourself, pray, fast, and then those things won't affect you anymore. Your belief will be built up, okay? But, but the part of that I really want to focus on right now is uh, in verse 20. Because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed. A lot of times we look at that and we, we think, I just need a little bit of faith. It's a little tiny, tiny bit of faith but it doesn't say that it doesn't say faith the size of a mustard seed it's faith as a mustard seed so it's not talking about the amount of faith we all have the same measure of faith you have the faith of Christ given to you so it's not about your little bit of faith but it is about the type of faith that you've been given and a mustard seed grows into a a bush or a tree this big bushy tree and and It's a nuisance over in Israel. Even today, it'll break through sidewalks. It'll break through asphalt. It it will tear everything in its path up. So what Jesus is saying here isn't you just need a little bit of mustard seed. It says you need to not let anything get in your way of what you were created to experience. Don't stop. Don't stop. Be intentional. Choose life. And if a mountain gets in your way, just plow right through it. It will move boulders. This seed will grow into something. And it's known to literally move boulders. And it's, it's, you will literally move a mountain with this type of faith. So we're here talking, I just need a little faith. I'm going to cast and bind and loose and speak to my mountain and throw it into the sea. He's saying, just know who you are. Know what I say about you. Know the power that you possess and don't let anything stop you. Any outward force that life is going to try to come against you. People will come against you. Things will try to prevent this from happening. But don't stop. Have mustard seed faith. Unstoppable faith. And if we have that and then a little thing got in our way, we ain't no thing. I know who I am. I know what I'm created for. And if it's not this, it'll, if, if this opportunity didn't work out, it'll just be something even better. You just keep moving up. But whatever you entertain is what's going to grow in your life. Choose life. Water, life. Life and life more abundantly. That's what Jesus came to give us. And if if we're honest with ourselves, is that where we're at? We always attribute it to finances. But I know people who have lots of money who are the most miserable people you'll ever meet. It has nothing to do with finances, it has everything to do with your mentality. Are you hateful? Are you critical? Are you judgmental? Do you love people? Because all that stuff, none of the stuff matters if you don't have love. Start there. And then stuff will follow that, of course. There's substance and evidence to it, but it starts with love. Do You love people? How can you say you love God but not love your brother? John says what? You're a liar. I think sometimes we need to be a little more direct with this. Really ask ourselves, is the life that I'm living... The life I want to live. Is this the life that I'm created for? The life that you want to live intentionally. Because we're all living the life that we want. That'll knock you upside the head a bit, but don't get too upset with me. But by not choosing life, we're accepting the life that we have. So if you don't like it, change it. It's really that simple. Whatever you bound on earth will be... Bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You have so much power on the inside of you. Are you using it? Are you settling? Are you you defaulting to death? Are you defaulting to not death, but not life? Are you doing everything? Are you using that mustard seed faith, the faith of Christ, the, the, the power that raised Christ from the dead on the inside of you, the kingdom on the inside of you, everything? that you need to just be crushing it in life. Are you using it? Are you just, that was a good message. I don't want that. I want you to experience this stuff. That's what I want. You can pat me on the back too. I want both, okay? But (laughs) knowing who we are and the power we possess, choosing to follow that path, the path that so few choose, That's what's going to lead you to life and life more abundantly. Amen.